Hello and welcome to episode two of the Yours Truly podcast. My name is Claire Tuning. I'm a registered dietitian, a registered yoga teacher, uh, the owner, the creator, your host, aka everything that is Yours Truly Nutrition. I am a one-woman show who is super passionate about helping real people to ditch that frustrating chronic cycle of dieting through personalized nutrition coaching that's rooted in intuitive and mindful eating. So I use these two pedestals to find nutrition solutions that work to bring balance, freedom, and gratitude, and most of all, true happiness into daily life. So on today's podcast, I want to talk about nutrition, but also branch out a little bit more from just nutrition. Something that you'll find with me here at Yours Truly is that yes, nutrition is super important, and if you listen to the first episode, you kind of got my why behind why I do what I do, but I feel like there's so much more to a happy and a healthy lifestyle than just focusing on nutrition. So today I want to revisit a topic that I actually addressed in one of my first ever blog posts. So yours truly, um, not the business, but the blog and the content creation side will actually be celebrating a year at the end of this month, at the end of August. And I feel like one of my best and one of my most read posts actually was what I want to discuss today. So this post, I titled it Making Time. Um, and this is a topic that I am very, very passionate about as a dietitian and also as a human being because I am a true believer that if you want to better your life, whether it's your nutrition, whether it's your relationships with yourself or other people, or whether if it's your fitness, you have to make time. You might say to yourself, you know, I don't have time. I don't have time, but here it is short, sweet, and simple. You have to make it in order to get where you want to be. This healthy life just isn't going to come knocking on your door and inviting itself into your house. Um, or in this case, I guess I could say your body, you have to put forth some effort for it. And that's what I want to talk about today. So I'm going to open with a question here um, that you might find yourself laughing at. So I could say, when was the last time that you used the phrase, quote, I don't have time as an excuse as to why you couldn't do something? So whether this was an excuse that you gave yourself or another person, I'd venture to guess that most of us have probably used these exact words or this exact phrase within the past week at least once, maybe more, if I know most of us. Maybe you even used it this morning before you logged on to this podcast, who's to say? So on the road to becoming a dietitian, I've heard this phrase more times than you would believe. And I'm not pointing a finger at anyone specifically because we are all guilty of doing this, but I've heard so many things that go a little something like this. And you know, they may sound familiar, so bear with me. So I want to eat healthier, but I don't have the time to cook. Or maybe it goes like, I should exercise more, but I'm so busy that I don't have time. Or maybe it's something along the lines of, I wish I could relax more, but I don't have time with everything else that's going on at work and at home. So I guess you could say if I was handed a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, aka the thing I am most obsessed with in this life, every time these words crept into my personal bubble, uh, simply put, I wouldn't have to make one for myself for lunch every morning. And in fact, I would have a plethora of these. I would literally have a little stash that I could walk around with and hand these peanut butter and jelly sandwiches out to the peanut butter loving population of the world because I know there's a lot of you out there. So all jokes aside, my point is we're all guilty using this phrase, of using this phrase more than we'd like to admit. And the thing about it is 
It's a big fat lie. So in my opinion, it's one of the biggest lies that we tell ourselves and those around us on a daily basis. So I'm all about being, you know, open-minded and kind-hearted and sweet and gentle, but at the same time, I'm really passionate about pointing out um, the discrepancies between what we say and what we do. And this is the biggest thing that I see people falling into, and even myself sometimes, saying that you want to do something or saying you want to be someplace different, but not making the time to get there. So I have a couple questions to uh, help you identify if you had time in your day or in your week. So my first question is, did you pull out your phone to spend any amount of time on social media? So I should qualify here that I think there is a big difference, and this is a topic that gets addressed a lot in other podcasts and other posts of like-minded people. The stark difference and the stark contrast between being on social media or using social media and then letting it use you. So the former statement here, using social media, this can be seen in the form of generating content that is either going to further your message, um, say you are someone with a personal experience that you know you can help someone else with, or maybe you're trying to build a business or build a brand, and you are creating content um, in order to help someone else or in order to further their health or nutrition goals or whatever it may be, then that is using social media. But if you are getting on social media to quote-unquote kill time or to scroll through accounts that just put out things that don't really contribute to your quality of life. Maybe they even pull away from your quality of life because they are showing you pictures that you don't believe that you add up to. So maybe you're not only wasting your time, but you're also adding negativity into your life through social media. That is letting it use you. And there's a big difference. So if you use social media for that latter thing today, um, you had time, I would say. And the second question, did you sit at your computer browsing the internet for any length of time? So this one kind of goes in alignment with that last statement that I use. Obviously, there is a difference between being on the internet for business and for work and for personal growth because we can learn a lot from the internet. But if you are on there to kill time, um, to you know decrease your productivity or to bring things into your personal bubble that are going to take away from your frame of mind or from your goals, then you had time. And the last question is, did you drive any? anywhere. Did you get in the car to take a road trip or did you even get in the car to go to someplace simple like the grocery store? So if your answer to any one of these questions was yes, I'm going to argue that you had time at least a few minutes. So what I'm getting at here is when we have that voice in our head or when you verbalize out loud and say, I just don't have the time to, what you're actually saying is I don't want to make the time to. And there's a big difference between those two statements. Again, the first one is I don't have time to. And the second one is I don't make time to, or I don't want to make the time to. So the first phrase here um, suggests that you have little control over what you do and you don't do. It's almost as if you're admitting to allowing the craziness of your daily life to get in the way of the people you care about, of yourself, of your goals, and your personal health. That second statement, though, on the other hand, it shows a lot more honesty and responsibility. So you're kind of acknowledging or owning up to the fact that you probably could make the time, but you're simply choosing not to. And I should point out that there's really nothing wrong with that. You know, it is your life and you are allowed to spend your time how you'd like. So there's no issue in choosing not to do something. It's just the way that you word it. It's being honest when you don't have time versus you are not making the time. There's a big difference. So if I asked you or anyone else 
To rank the top five most important things in your life, I would be willing to guess that you or I um, would list off the top five things that we spend the most of our time doing. And I realize that some of this is a necessary evil, right? We all have to work to some extent in order to provide for ourselves and our families. And this work doesn't always revolve around the things that are most important to us, but that really isn't my point. So what I'm getting at is how we spend those small gaps of time throughout the day. I like to call them transition period. So I have a few suggestions for you, kind of the takeaways of this podcast of ways that you can restructure that time and to kind of feel empowered in using alternatives um, of that phrase. You know, I can make time for that because you are using those small gaps of time more constructively and you're fitting more time into your day because we all have 24 hours. We all have the same amount of time. It's simply a matter of how you choose to use it. So kind of the three things I've been touching on, I've been touching on your relationship with others, your relationship with yourself, um, and because I'm a dietitian and I love to talk about food and nutrition, I kind of want to also talk about um, your relationship with food and nutrition and how you fuel your body. So I'm going to give you three tips in each one of these categories um, to add more time, quote unquote, into your day so that you can make time for these things. So first we'll talk about um, making time for other people. So two kind of subcategories here. The first one, when you have five minutes, resist the urge to reach for your phone. So again, I'll kind of let you draw the line in your own head where you stand on that line of I'm using social media or I'm letting it use me. But whenever you are standing in a line or maybe you're sitting at lunch or maybe you're taking a walk across campus with a friend if you're in college or you're taking a walk break at work, um, resisting the urge to reach for your phone if you don't have to be on it. So I struggle with this as much as anyone else. You know, it's not comfortable. Sometimes it can feel unproductive and it's definitely not the social norm to um, be doing nothing. But there's a big difference between being busy and being productive. And if you are getting on your phone for the means of letting social media use you or just kind of looking at things to take up that time, then you are, you know, your time is better spent elsewhere, I really feel like. Instead of reaching for that phone, you know, it will be a little bit uncomfortable, but sit in that silence and do nothing. You know, it's okay to not be busy, busy, busy all the time. Our society um, doesn't say that, you know, we pride people on being so busy or getting so many things done. But a lot of times I feel like being less busy or kind of taking a step back so that when we do turn to those phones, we can be more productive. Um, it can be a much better use of time. So in these small gaps where you're not reaching for your phone, this is where you can start to build those relationships with other people. So instead of staring at your phone at the table or on that walk um, or sitting at you know a table across from someone, you can make that conversation. And that's where you start to build a relationship because true relationships with real live people cannot be built if your head is buried in your phone. So that is my tip number one. Um, Try scheduling a specific phone time. So I know in this day and age, so many of us have so much going on that is on the phone and that is okay. I am one of the people, you know, I really do believe in the power of good for social media, but try to keep um, those times in a scheduled block because that will allow you to catch up on the virtual world. But more importantly, it won't interrupt the flow of your day and it won't interrupt your connection, your ability to build those connections with other people. 
So my second little tip um, with building better relationships with others is using that car tactic. So I asked you a couple minutes ago if you spent any amount of time in the car. So this one is a little bit controversial because I know safety, um, but don't just use your car time to be angry sitting in traffic. So I just moved um, from Columbus, Ohio, which if you've been there, if you've lived there, you know it's a decently big city. And there is a fair amount of traffic, especially uh, in the morning and in the afternoon during those rush hour period. So something that I started to do instead of sitting there and getting angry at the traffic for not moving because all of us know um, a sea of anger in you will not park the sea of cars outside of you. Um, so using that time to build a relationship, to build a connection with maybe someone who you don't quote have time for otherwise. So, you know, using the Bluetooth or the speaker capacity of your phone so that you're not um, distracting from your driving, but using that hands-free device and using that 20, 30 minute commute, whatever the commute is, um, to call someone. Maybe it's a family member, maybe it's a friend to otherwise, you know, when you get out of that car, you know your life is gonna be really busy and you know you're not going to make the time to call them. So using that time when you are literally a one person captive audience in your car to call that person up and show them that you can make time for them to increase the quality of that relationship. So now we have um, yourself, improving the quality of your relationship with yourself. And this is also kind of where nutrition comes in. So we're going to separate it into two categories here. First, we will talk about nutrition. So I call this one setting yourself up for healthy success. So if time constraints are the main thing holding you back from eating healthy, you have to make time um, or to set aside time to meal prep. So I use the term meal prep in a really loose term, probably not the conventional use of the word that you use or you hear a lot. So by meal prep, again, it's a very loose term. If you are one of those people who likes to put everything in labeled containers with separate little um, compartments to hold the food, that is perfectly fine if that's what you do. Find time to fill the little holes in the containers and stack them in your fridge and label the days of the week. That is fine. Me personally, and a lot of the clients that I work with, when we are working with intuitive eating, you know, you're not going to know on Sunday afternoon what you're going to feel like eating on Thursday at lunch. Like, you just don't have um, means to predict your exact cravings for that time of day. So what I typically recommend is in this, quote, mealtime period, cooking a few base ingredients that you know you like. So for me, for example, um, I do everything in a triangle theory. So for every meal, I like to have all three points of the triangle covered. So I have a protein, a carbohydrate, a lean protein, and then in the center of the triangle, I try to have either a fruit or a vegetable. So I'm getting all of my macronutrients, the protein, the carb, and the fat, and I'm getting all of my micronutrients and my fiber and those phytonutrients from the fruits and veggies in the center. So what I try to do, I try to cook at least one option of each, sometimes two, to give myself that variety. And then when the time comes, I can combine them in ways that match my cravings. So it's a really easy and a common ground between the strict structured meal prepping that gets pushed in a lot of this like fitness nutrition society and also allowing yourself to lean into those cravings when they happen and not box yourself into a certain meal. So 
My big suggestions here, cooking those components so you can combine them to healthy meals when the hunger pang or the craving hits, and then just keeping those whole fruits and veggies on hand for easy grab-and-go snacks. You'll be really amazed at how well this allows you to assemble and pack those healthy meals during the week in very little time at all. Now notice here I said very little time, I didn't say no time. Again, if you are wanting to eat healthier, if you're wanting to take control of your health through nutrition, you have to create some time. You don't have to create all the time in the world to prepare these fancy gourmet dinners unless that's what you want to do, but you have to find some time somewhere. So lastly, kind of in this realm of time for yourself, um, we're talking about scheduling time for yourself. So this is apart from your meal prep. You know, your meal prep is scheduling time for your food and healthy success, but you have to schedule time for yourself outside of that. So I will always say here at Yours Truly, other people are important, but no relationship will ever trump the one that you have with yourself. So I could talk about this for days, but for the sake of your attention span and probably your phone battery and everything else that plays into these devices, all I'm going to suggest is to do at least one or two things for yourself each week, preferably more if you can. So you don't have to do anything crazy, right? It's not like you're taking yourself on this grand vacation or escaping for a week unless you have the luxury to do that, which in case definitely do that. Um, but these are just some really simple things. For example, reading a book, taking a walk, maybe it's going to the gym for you. Maybe it's walking to the local coffee shop and just sitting with your mug in hand watching people because that's always fun. Or maybe it's, you know, sitting down with a gratitude list or maybe it's drawing or maybe it's uh, crafting a list of puns and laughing at how funny they are, but that's probably me because that's definitely something that I do if you couldn't tell. But whatever your thing is, you have to make time for it. And if you don't know what your thing is, if you are sitting here being like, gosh, Claire, well, I just don't know what my thing is, then that is a pretty severe indication to me that you do not take time for yourself. By taking time for yourself, you learn to listen to your internal speak and you learn what you like and you don't like. You learn how you like to spend your time. You learn how to prioritize those external relationships and you learn what is important to you. So this is really the foundation of everything else I just talked about. If you're not taking time out of your day or out of your week to build that firm foundation with yourself, everything else is going to crumble because you're not going to value your health enough to set aside that time to meal prep, or you're not going to know what you value in a relationship enough to be able to uphold that for the people around you and ask the same for them in return. So my big push for this here, if you don't take away anything else from this podcast, it's just do a couple things a week, maybe even a couple things a day for yourself because that is the most important thing that you can do. So there you have it, a few simple ways to make time for the things that you say that you don't have time for. So the most important thing though to understand is that the possibilities extend far beyond my suggestions here. My one just urge for you is stop complaining, right? 
complaining is my biggest pet peeve. So stop complaining about not having the time for the things that you want to do or care most about. Own up to the responsibility of prioritizing your life in a way that accommodates the things that are important to you. So it accommodates your friends, your family, your goals, and yourself. And by replacing this I don't have time mentality with I just don't make time, you can really start to observe how your approach to life becomes so much more focused on what is truly important. So that's all I have for you today. Until next time, I wish you the best in love and happiness and success. Yours truly, Claire.